sweet Jesus, you're the wind beneath my wings. Sweet Jesus, you're my melody and harmony. Sweet Jesus, you're the eyes that I see through. Sweet Jesus, yes, I'm dancing to your tune. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you became sin, so that we can become your righteousness. Thank you that the justice that brought us our peace was laid upon you. Thank you that by His stripes healing has been purchased for us. Thank you that He died our death, that we may live His life. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. We bless God for another opportunity. And it's a privilege, as always, to share His Word. And most importantly, it's a privilege to see another day. We do not take for granted the gift of life. We are beginning a new series. So far, we have done about six series: um, spiritual gifts, the parable of the loving father in the garden, his poema, why the wilderness, and tonight we are beginning a new series. And we would like our sister and our mama. <laughs> we would invite Mama Bennett to take us through this new season. All right. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I pray that Christ be exalted. Amen. So the title for our new series is "Let This Mind Be in You." Let this mind be in you, and I'm sure. Um, judging by the title, you may have guessed a scriptural reference for this particular series. And it's from Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. So if you have your Bibles, kindly go with me to Philippians chapter 2. So before I get to Philippians 2, 5 to 11, let's go to the beginning of the chapter for let's some backstory. So I'm reading from verses 1. Philippians 2 verses 1, it says, I'm reading from NLT. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So um, the beginning of this particular um, chapter, Paul is asking some questions. And when you read the other verses like in James, it's in this form, therefore, if there be any consolation, if there be, but I like the... Um, NLT because it sort of tells it in rhetorical questions. And then the first one is there any encouragement and from belonging to Christ? And the obvious answer to this question is yes. The second one is, is there any comfort from his love? And it's yes, because as Christians, you receive comfort from God's love. And the other is tender mercies and fellowship. So in Christ, we have love, we um we, we receive mercy, there is fellowship. 
when you go to church and even amongst other believers. So Paul is saying that if belonging to Christ, Jesus Christ has benefited you in any way, then listen to me. Make me joyful by agreeing with one another, loving one another. Don't be selfish. Paul is saying that don't do things for personal gains, but rather in humility. Put others first. Value others above yourself. Look out for the interests of others. Yeah. So when you look at these verses, you will get to know that Paul is basically saying that we have to be humble and we have to be selfless. And so this chapter illustrates one of the the greatest, um, if not the greatest lessons of humility. And I recall stating weeks ago, my struggle with pride. And so it just feels like a setup. And I'm in no way an expert. I'm still learning. I haven't graduated yet. And so let's learn together as the Holy Spirit teaches you and I. So let's go to the main scriptural reference, which is Philippians 2, 5 to 11 reading from king james and it says let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god did not consider it robbery to be equal with god but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a born servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death on the cross therefore god also has exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Christ Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's a beautiful piece. And when you look at it, it's basically the summary of the life of Jesus Christ. It talks about who he was before coming to the earth and his coming to the earth and what he came to do and his rewards at accomplishing what he came to do. And it also talks about Christ, how he was at his highest and he came to the lowest and how he was taken back to the highest. And so this passage um, is also historically known as the crisis poem or the Messiah's poem. Others say it's a hymn, but I've not really found a familiar song or a song with these words as in the lyrics. So um, our focus for tonight is the verse 5, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Other versions say, adopt this attitude, mindset, or way of thinking, and have this understanding or perception of yourself and others in the world the same way as Christ did. And so I'm sure that um, we all know that as believers, Christ is our example. Ephesians um, 4, 13, it tells us that um, we are supposed to go to the measure of the full stature of Christ. So we are called to grow up until we become like Christ. But the truth is we can't walk, we can't talk, we can't behave like Christ if we do not think like Jesus Christ. And this um, because Behind every action is a thought. Your actions are motivated by your thoughts. And so your prideful acts of, let's say, disrespecting or looking down on others is influenced by your thoughts that, let's say, you are better than the other person. 
And these thoughts or mindsets that control you may not be known, they can be hidden, but then our mentality consistently um, affects what we do and say. So if you have your Bible, we're going to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. It's a popular scripture, and I'm sure a lot of us know it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Particular version says, your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And when a car is in reverse gear, it's very difficult for you to move it forward. And especially for an automatic car, it's close to impossible. So likewise, if your thoughts are in reverse gear, it will be difficult for you to progress. So your bad actions, they follow bad thinking. And so let's go to um, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 6 to 7. We are looking at this particular verse in context. It says that don't accept meal invitations from miserly people. Don't be greedy for their fancy food. But what they are thinking inside is what they really are. They say, come on, eat and drink. But in their minds, they don't really care about you. You will vomit up little pieces you've eaten and your kind words of appreciation will be wasted. So, um... By reading this particular paragraph and what I learned, I coined two things from this one and I'm sharing it with you. The first thing I learned is that you shouldn't be deceived by a one-time gesture. So if um, a person who is consistently selfish decides to one day be kind to you, don't be quick to say, oh, because he's kind to me today, he is definitely a kind person, although you have a track record of his selfishness. So don't be deceived by one-time gestures. And the second one is selfishness, humility, um, kindness, other virtues. They are not just outward behaviors, but then they are an inner disposition. So a man is, someone is selfish, someone is humble or etc. not just because of an outward expression or an outward action, but it's in the way the person thinks. The verse 7 says that they say, come on, eat and drink, but in their minds, they don't really care about you. So words can be deceptive. You shouldn't be um, deceived by the words of people or by the actions of people, but then people are who they really are by their way of thinking or by their mindset or attitudes. So if you are humble, you are not humble because you wear modest clothes or you speak in a low tone. What goes in your mind is what determines your humility or your pride. And so if what goes to your mind is, why should I serve you? What makes you think you are better than me? And I think Sam Dollar talked about this last week, that if you put people in classes, it's also a sign of pride. So if you put people in classes, if you, um, in your mind, you are saying that I shouldn't serve you because I think I'm better than you. You may be wearing modest clothes or you may be speaking in low tone, but then you are not humble. So your outward expressions, your outward gestures tell little of who you are as compared to what you have in your mind or the way you think or what you are thinking in your mind. So Philippians chapter 2, Paul after talking to them about his desire for them to become humble, his desire for them to become selfless. He continued with the Messiah's point, which is the verses 5 to 11. And this gives a very good um, illustration of someone who excelled in that particular area and is no other than Jesus Christ. So um, how did Paul begin? He's saying that, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. And so 
one of the main reasons why Jesus Christ was able to fully obey God, one of the main reasons why Jesus Christ was able to serve others in humility, was able to fulfill his purpose and accomplish all that he did was because of his attitude. That's his way of thinking. Jesus Christ thought in a certain way and that's why he behaved in a way so different from the world. So if you want to become like Jesus Christ, if you want to speak as he did, talk as he did, behave as he did, then you must first have his mind. You must first think or have the attitude of Christ in you. And so Paul is telling us, Paul is encouraging us, admonishing us that I want you to be humble. But before you can be humble like Jesus Christ did, you have to think like Jesus Christ did. And so um, I'll end with a particular story um, that um, I learned from another person. It's it's a story about a particular slave. He's called Kwame. And his generations, his father, his grandparents had been slaves. And so he was also born into slavery. And his master's son grew fond of him and liked him very much. And because of the love his master's son had for Kwame, he pleaded with his father to make Kwame his brother. So he wanted his father to adopt Kwame. And the father thought about it. And he finally agreed. So Kwame became um, a son. So from slavery or from a slave, Kwame became a son so he was moved to a luxurious home he was given expensive delicacies he was given a nice room a soft bed to rest yeah he was given the best he could have in life but there was a problem see like eating sushi like um, raw fish for the first time when you eat it for the first time it may uh, feel weird it may taste in a weird or funny way so these new developments seem so odd and uncomfortable to Kwame and so when no one um, seemed to be watching him Kwame would sneak into the slave quarters where he used to be and he would go back to his old worn out bed and he would eat the breadcrumbs of the tables and in the dining hall for the slaves so um, at the surface when you listen to this particular story at the surface thought you might think this story is outrageous but when you start to think it through you realize that a lot of us Christians are no different from Kwame we are no different from the slave because when we become Christians by virtue of our faith we are sons and daughters of the most high God we are daughters and sons of God who lavish us with so much love and so much blessings. Yet we sneak into the world, we sneak back into our slavery when we think no one is watching and we return to our junk, we return to our past sins, our old manner of life. Yeah, And so we are almost like Kwame. And I think the main reason why um, Kwame would go back on the one problem Kwame had was that his slavery wasn't just outward. It wasn't just in the clothes he wore. Or it wasn't just in chains, whether he had chains or not. It wasn't just the chains that were tying his hands or his legs or the dirty clothes or the slave clothes that he wore. But then his slavery was deeply rooted in his mind. And in the same way, our pride, our selfishness, our desire to sin, our desire to obey God, they are not just outward actions, but they are an inner disposition. They are deeply embedded in our minds. And that's why Paul says it so nicely in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And I would like to read it. 
And he says that do not follow the ways of this world, but instead be transformed by the spiritual renewal of your mind so that you can demonstrate what God's will really is. So Paul is telling us that in this world, there are ways of doing things, there are customs, but then as Christians, when we come to Christ, we have to continually renew our mind. We have to seek the truth for our minds to be renewed so that we can have our slavery taken away, not just in our outward appearance but then in our minds and so we have to continually renew our minds seek to renew our minds from the slavery from the mindsets of negative thinking the mindsets of evil thoughts so that we can be renewed and we can be free indeed and that's why the bible tells us that he who knows the truth you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free so as you continually renew your mind with the truth of god's word your slavery to sin your slavery to the ways of this world is gradually taken away from you and so by this we can see that change is not just outward it happens first and potently in your mind if you desire to change you shouldn't just seek to change outwardly or yeah in just your behavior but then you should seek to change in your mind by the renewing of your mind else you will struggle and you struggle and you struggle it's like the car i said in reverse gear if your car is in reverse gear it will be very difficult for you to manipulate it to move forward but if you change it to drive it will be very easy for you to move it forward so if you are seeking change in every or any area of your life try to find the root cause try to change your gear from reverse to forward or drive so that you'll be able to make progress or you will struggle you will struggle you struggle and a lot of times you'll give up you'll struggle initially like Kwame to get used to the food to get used to the way of luxurious living but before long you go back to the slave quarters you go back to your old ways of doing things and you'll feel comfortable and then you'll be stuck in your old way so seek change Um, in your mind and do not just seek outward change Um, a lot of us hold wrong perceptions and we have misconceptions and they are all lies deeply embedded in our culture in our society in our environments and social media tells us a lot of things and most of them are really really lies and as you continually listen to these lies and watch these lies and read these lies from from social media uh, environments they affects our way of thinking and they affect our mindset. So until we change our way of thinking and our wrong beliefs, we will make little progress, even though we may have good wishes. So Christ was successful. Christ excelled in humility. Christ excelled in obedience. He excelled in fulfilling God's will for his life. And it was because of the manner or a lot of reasons. But one main reason I want to share with you this evening is because his way of thinking the reason why christ was able to humble himself he was able to um, um, serve others he was able to let go of whatever that position that he had to come to this earth was because of a certain way of thinking and um, it was because of how he saw himself it was because of how he saw others it was because of how he saw the world around him so as christians we have to 
walk as Christ did. We have to follow Christ. We have to walk and live to grow and mature in Christ. And the first step in maturing and walking as Christ did is to have a mind or adopt a mindset that Christ had. And so um, this evening, um, um, we are being admonished to think like Christ. And so God will really next week will consider how Christ thought. And so I'll end here and let them continue. Amen. Thank you. Amen and amen. God bless you so much. Let this mind be in you. We would invite Abena to give us her commentary. Thank you. Okay. Let this mind be in you. So I think it simply means that to have the mind of Christ means to be able to think like Christ and act as he did in all humility. And in other versions, it says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The same verse, which is let this mind be in you, the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And if you read the earlier verses, Paul talks about not being selfish or trying to impress others, being humble, thinking of others, which was the attitude of Christ. And I think these attitudes were based on the word of God. Yes. So in order to have the mind of Christ, you must know what the word of God is. Because I think Christ lived his life according to the word of God. In this life, before you take a decision, before you act, ask yourself, does this tell you with the word of God? If it tallies with the word of God, then you are thinking like Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, we would invite Benji um, to kindly give us a commentary. Okay. Um, thank you very much for the privilege. I believe we've learned a lot from today's um, study. And- so I would like to share something that I also want us to learn. Um, I think today's study has a very interesting theme that let this mind be in you that it's more of admiration as about certain mindsets or a thinking pattern that Paul was admonishing the church of Philippi to um, have concerning how Jesus Christ lived his life. And from the scripture that we read from the book of Proverbs that says that as a man thinketh in a sad so it's, it's very, very important because it looks like everything that we do, or our thoughts, our actions, and our deeds are as a result, or they are centered on how we think or how our thoughts are laid down. Yeah, and it's very, very important because as Christians, the Lord expects us to behave in a certain way. And if we are expected to behave in the way that will please the Lord, then the Bible encourages us to think just as Jesus Christ taught. Yeah. Um, there's a scripture that says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, that who had known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Yeah, so Paul was also saying here that as Christians, one thing that we have privilege and then access to is the mind of Christ. Yeah. But it's not just automatic that once you become a Christian, you have the mind of Christ. So as we read in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we say that we should renew our minds. Yeah, so we renew our minds only based on the word of God as we allow ourselves to 
unlearn the thinking patterns of the world and then relearn or learn the patterns of the word of God. And that is the only way that we will be able to have the mind that Christ had. Yeah, because the Bible says that to be in this world is to be enemies with God. So if you really want to be on the side of God, then you have to think just as Christ thought. You have to think as the Lord wants us to be. And it's very, very expedient because sometimes it's quite difficult to know how to act according to faith and then how to balance it with a mindset. It's a really um, tough challenge for a lot of Christians that moving according to your faith and their mindsets, yeah, thinking patterns. The Bible speaks of people who are carnally minded, speaks of those who are spiritually minded, it speaks of the natural mind and a whole lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's very, very important that we take note of how we think about a lot of stuff and we need to allow the word of God to inform how we think because our deeds, our thoughts, our actions and everything that we do is centered on how we think and then how thoughts flow through our mind. So I just want to encourage us that we should allow the word of God to inform us and teach us on how we think about a lot of stuff. And I know that when we renew our minds based on what the word says, we are going to have the mind that was in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much, Benji. Um, Abna has something else to share. Let's invite Abna. I spoke about the Christ decisions being based on the word of God. And I wanted to say that the word of God brings transformation. So if the word of God transforms you, it renews your mind. And if you read Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. And the behavior and customs of this world, an example is pride, selfishness, and all that. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And the only way God can transform the um, can transform you into a new person is through the way you think. And this process, renewing your mind, begins right from the point where you accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. That's where renewing your mind starts. It's a very, very important stage. So if you are reading the Word of God and you are not being transformed by it, then there's a question mark. Thank you. God bless you so much. God bless you all. Um, let this mind be in you. So we just finished doing a series, Why the Wilderness? And at the back of that, I want us to really appreciate the transition that is taking place in our study. Now, we would realize that one of the main things why the people that left Egypt failed to enter the promised land was because of this important thing that they didn't get. So the, the way we mostly say it, that they came out of Egypt, but Egypt was not yet out of them. So even though their bodies were out of Egypt, their hearts and their minds were still in Egypt. That's why the least thing that happens, they quickly started comparing their life to Egypt. So when they were hungry, they were like, it's better for us to rather die in Egypt because at least then we had graves that would be buried in. 
than to die in the wilderness where our bodies would just be left in the open. So when they were eating manna, they complained that, ah, in Egypt we had lettuce, we had cabbage, we had meat and all these things. But in the wilderness, we only have manna. So constantly, the Israelites were still mindful of Egypt. Thus, many of them could not enter the promised land. Now let's look at it in Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews gives us the evidence of this. Hebrews 11 verse 14. For they that say such things declare boldly that they are seeking a country. The verse 15. And if truly they had been mindful of that country where they came out, they might have had an opportunity to return. The verse 16. But now they desire a better country that is unheavenly. This is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Now the Bible is still about a group of people that died in faith. And the Bible says that these people died in faith because they were looking for a particular city. And then it gives us a hint that the reason why they were successful was because they were not mindful. Their mind was not full of where they had come from. Because if they had been mindful, if their mind were still full of where they had come from, they would have sought an opportunity to go back. And truly they would have gone back. But because they desired a new country, because they desired a new city, because they have updated their software mentally, they have removed Egypt and they have put in the promised land. The Bible is saying that because of this, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Because they have been able to delete the old and install the new, God was not ashamed to call them their God. But these Israelites were still mindful of Egypt. So anything that happened in the wilderness, they constantly made references to Egypt. And this is why it's very important because many of us keep making references, even though our physical bodies are out of the world, our minds and our souls and our spirits and our hearts are still in the world. So it was like comparing, I was getting a better salary when I was not working in the church. I was doing this when I was not working in the church. I was doing this when I was not a Christian. I could do this if I was a Christian, like all this and this. Whenever you are still mindful of the country you have been delivered from, you always seek an opportunity to go back. That's why there's always a saying that where there is a will, there is a way. And truly, because the minds of the Israelites were still on Egypt, most of them or all of them, save Caleb and Joshua, could not enter the promised land. But because these two were mindful of the promised land, the Bible says that God was not ashamed to be called their God because now their desires had changed. What occupied their thoughts had changed, their thinking patterns had changed, their mental disposition had changed. And because of this, God was not ashamed to be called their God. So even though some of us have been delivered from the world, we are still mindful. Our mind is still full about the world. And it's just a matter of time and we will go back. But this thing we want to pray for grace, that Father help us, that our minds will be full of the promised land that we will not be living a life of comparison and murmuring and complaining about the old life, comparing our new life to the old life. Because once we are still mindful of the old country, we seek an opportunity to go back. And that the Bible says that he that puts his hand to the plow and turns back 
is no wealth from the kingdom. Father, we pray for grace that we be mindful of the thing that you want us to be mindful of, that the mind that was in Christ would also be in us, the mental disposition of Christ would also be in us. What informed the decision of Christ would also inform our decision. What informed the priorities of Christ would also inform our priorities. We pray for grace that our minds would continually subject ourselves to the dealings of the word of God, when we subject ourselves to the renewing of our mind, when we replace the old with the new. Father, we pray for grace that every day that we live, we would submit ourselves to this renewal, to this mind changing, because we know that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Father, we pray for grace that we will be mindful of the country that which is heavenly, which you are preparing for us. And we know that because of this grace that you have released upon us tonight, you will not be ashamed to call us your children. We thank you for this opportunity and we thank you for this grace in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you all for being with us and we hope to see you next week even as we delve deeper in our new series, Let This Mind Be In You. Remember to give God your best and make sure that the only thing you owe any man during this week and the rest of the year and beyond is love. Bye-bye and see you next week. Bye. Bye.